drepclub.com. That's drepclub.com for the greatest real estate club on the planet. Workshops, presentations, trainings, education, resources, and more. The Directed Real Estate Professionals Club, drepclub.com. Participate in person or virtually, www.drepclub.com. And welcome to another edition of Investor Guys Podcast. I am Kevin Mills, your co-host, along here with my good friend and uh, co-host, Bill Barnett. How's it going, Bill? It is going excellent, Mr. Mills. And you? I'm doing great. Uh, right now, as I speak with you, it's, it's a rainstorm outside, so we got some uh, Wow. More I'm rain. jealous. So, I'm jealous. Jealous? We were supposed to have rain. Uh, well, technically, it rained. It just didn't rain very much. <laughs> and a lot of wind, a lot of... A lot of people had wind damage, but uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that we, we get some uh, some showers. It's been really nice. It's dropped down under 100 the last couple of days, and it's like, yeah, it feels like wintertime. Well, you should come to Florida because we have rain just about once a day, so uh, sometimes more. Driving back from Miami last night, uh, we went down to uh, Miami to do a couple of things and went to dinner in Little Havana. Just the nice. whole way back, just a, a light show in the sky, just lightning and flashes of lightning and, and thunder. It was very cool. Um, one of the things that, uh, getting to our, our point for the show today, one of the things that I hear people say all the time as a reason for not getting started in real estate investing, and we hear a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons that people think is a, a good reason for not getting started is money. They say, I don't have the money. And as, as you and I have said over and over again, and we know, Money is not something that should stop you from getting involved in real estate. Money may dictate your strategies that you're going to use for real estate, but there are multiple strategies that you can use for, for real estate that don't involve you having deep pockets. One of those strategies is hard money. And today we wanted to talk about how to use hard money for rehabs. And I want to go into more than just flipping because there are other strategies for rehabs than flipping and hard money comes into play for those as well. And we'll talk about that, but I'm going to turn over the majority of the conversation right now to the rehab king here in this podcast, um, Bill Barnett. Tell, <laughs> so, us how, tell us how you use um, hard money loans. Yeah. And so, let's talk look, about the traditional way of using hard money loans. They may be the same and they may, they may be a little bit different. There, uh, and as Kevin said, uh, one of the reasons that a lot of people use not to get started investing is money. That should be the very bottom reason because it is the one that we know from experience. And that's the thing that you want to learn about is from experience, money is the very last thing that should ever stop you from getting involved in starting investing in real estate because it's so readily available for real estate. Real estate may be the single most heavily leveraged uh, asset it, that there is out there. It may be the single easiest asset to leverage out there. And so hard money comes into play. And a lot of people think, oh gosh, hard money's crazy. Um, and on the face of it, sometimes the rates like right now, if you're paying 10 or 12% and you're doing a couple of points, uh, that just sounds crazy when you hear traditional 30-year mortgages for people that had 750 credit scores uh, is running two and three quarters or two and five eighths and 
And so you hear that and it's like, oh man, that's insane money. But what you have to think about is hard money lending is a short-term process. It's typically a 12-month or shorter process. Many times it's six months. So that's up to the individual lender. Uh, but it is uh, rarely over 12. It is typically a 12 or under. And so when you look at what the dollar amounts really are, it changes the game. Uh, and so if you, I've got to spend four or $5,000, $10,000 to do a deal, and if I don't go hard money, I don't get to do the deal, that's an easy decision. If I'm looking at partnering with somebody or I'm looking at doing hard money and I'm paying 12 and a half and a couple of points, then again, hard money is an easy decision because I get to keep all of the profit. I'm not splitting the profit. And so for many, many people, this is the easiest, fastest way to go. I run into a lot of investors that get so in tune with using hard money. That's all they do. They don't think about private money any. What I suggest to you is that you have an array of financing options available to you because you're always looking for money. When um, I teach and when Kevin teaches, one of the things that he and I agree on that this business is built on two basic premise, money and offers. And you're always making offers. You're always putting funds together, whether those funds are hard money, traditional bank, uh, IRA financing or 401k financing, uh, private money, partnership money, doesn't matter. You're putting together uh, alternative ways to fund your deals on a constant basis. And hard money is a very easy way to go. So you look at a hard money lender, they become a, a team member for you because a hard money lender is gonna look at your deal very judiciously. Uh, they're gonna look at it as if it was their money going into it, because many times it is. So they are looking at, do I think this is a good deal? And they all look at it in a worst case scenario. If I had to take this house back, would I be glad that I got it or would it be a boat anchor? Well, okay, so if it's a boat anchor, they're probably not gonna make the loan. If they look at it and go, hey, Bill's made a really good purchase here, lots of nice spread. If worst case scenario happens, I'm okay with getting this house back. And so when you look at that, guys, they're gonna make you jump through some hoops on the front end. They're gonna to wanna to know how many deals have you done? Uh, they may say, hey, give me, uh, give me your best deal or give me your last couple of deals, tell me, tell me about them. And so they wanna know that you have a clue. If you're brand spanking new, one of the things that we do when we work with investors getting them started is we lend them our credibility. And how we do that is when a hard money lender starts saying to one of my clients, hey, how many deals have you done? And they're sitting there going, uh, well, I've done this many. Uh, it's no. They're like, well, my partner on this deal, and it's a guy that I've hired in as a consultant to overwatch, to guide me. In fact, because of him is the reason I found the property is Bill Barnett, and I'm gonna bring him in. Well, I get on the phone with the lender and they're like, well, uh, so how many deals have you done? I'm like, well, how many zeros you want in front of the number? So, I don't know, we've done, uh, we got four going on currently. We did 60, 70 last year uh, in a year that was for me kind of a semi-retirement year. Like, so it just really is, and they're like, oh, oh, oh. And a lot of times, fortunately, uh, and probably for Kevin as well, 
fortunately, a lot of times uh, they have either heard of me or they've heard of the book, and that goes a long way. And it makes it so that, sorry, I had some pop up on my screen there. So it makes it so that it's easy for uh, the, our client to be able to get those funds. Now we're here uh, up on time break. So let's do that. And we'll be right back with more Investor Guys podcast on just on the other side here. Hang with us. Did you know that the Investor Guys podcast with Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills are not only available on your favorite audio podcast platform, they're also available in video form on Facebook, YouTube, and the Investor Guys podcast website at www.investorguyspodcast.com. Bill and Kevin show actual numbers, projects, and more. All things you'll miss if you don't check out the video. So after you listen to this podcast, visit us online and watch it again, www.investorguyspodcast.com or on your favorite social media. Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills host the Investor Guys podcast and share their real estate investing insights, strategies, and knowledge for audiences across America. Did you know that the Investor Guys, Bill and Kevin, have comprehensive investor education trainings and events available? Live and virtual workshops, training programs, events, and more. Bill and Kevin even have hands-on training events, consultations, and quick start programs, including the acclaimed real estate buyers events all designed to get investors started and putting performing properties into their real estate portfolios. Bill and Kevin have each been successfully investing in real estate and educating real estate investors for decades and bring that experience to everything they do. Bill and Kevin both have unique approaches to investing and investor training and thousands of investors attribute their investing success to the trainings they have received from Bill and Kevin. If you are ready to get started as a real estate investor, the timing has never been better. Every day you wait to get started is a day forever lost. To check out how the Investor Guys are ready to get you started, visit InvestorGuys.com. That's www.InvestorGuys.com. And welcome back to the Investor Guys podcast. Back. Got the main man at the, at the uh, controls down there, Mr. Mills. As Bill was saying before we left, um, when you start, when you first start anything, there is going to be a learning curve and a credibility curve. So when you go to a lender like a hard money lender, they're going to want to know what experience you have, what knowledge you have for that matter. Now, one thing that I do, Bill, is when people take our, my course and when they take our course and we do them together from now on, um, I have hard money lenders that I personally work with. And I refer my students to those hard money lenders. I give them th those phone numbers. Um, they actually have a representative at each one of those, those companies that they can speak to personally, who knows me that I've dealt with personally, who I speak with regularly on, on, a, on a personal basis. The other thing is, is, as Bill mentioned, if you take us on as a consultant on your project, that is going to lend a lot more credibility, especially to companies that Bill and I work with. Um, one of the things that you need to keep in mind is you don't have to do that, okay? You can find hard money lenders who will work with you and expect, and this is normal, this is not, this is not me twisting your arm, this is, this is a normal situation. Uh, for any type of lender that's going to do this, expect to pay more points and jump through more hoops on your first couple of deals. And typically, hard money lenders that are working with investors, if you're a new investor, they have a limit. They will only invest in one property at a time. Once you've closed out that property, 
and you paid them off, then they'll go ahead and they'll do maybe two properties with you, or they'll do a second property, and then by the time you hit your third property, they'll do more than one property with you. There are hard money lenders. If you've got a history with them, they will lend on three, four, five, or more properties at a time. If they know that you can hold down that kind of workload, if you've got a crew that can turn those out and get those done in six months, they don't have a problem doing it because you've proven yourself to them time and time again. Now, one thing that's also important to know on hard money, and it's not just the percentages, or not just the, the interest that you pay, but it's the percentages that a hard money lender is going to go into your investment with you on. Now, as you have more history, as you have more experience, that can change a little bit. And there's a big difference between whether you're getting a hard money loan from an individual who might be familiar with the property, might be more familiar with you, might be more familiar with the area, or whether you're getting a hard money loan from a company that just does hard money lending from say Connecticut or from Cleveland or from Los Angeles or something like that. And they aren't familiar at all with your market in Iowa other than that they can do loans in Iowa. So let's talk about the percentages, Bill, that hard money will put into your investment starting out traditionally. And again, this, 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 fluctuates a little bit based upon where you're getting the money. But traditionally, there are numbers that we can almost almost set in stone. So um, as we start that, if you want to find a good hard money lender, you can just Google hard money lending for real estate and you will be covered up with the possibilities for you. So the first thing I want to look at from a percentage standpoint is before I see the number that they are, are saying they typically lend on, I want to see what it is they're basing their lending amount on. Are they basing it on the after repaired value or are they basing it on the purchase price? And different lenders do it different ways. And you got to know that because many times if they're basing it on the after repaired value and they send an appraiser out and you do what's referred to as a contingency appraisal, or a subject to appraisal, which simply means it'll be worth this subject to these repairs being done and being done professionally high quality. So if they're looking at um, say an 80% loan or even a 70 and 70 and 80 is pretty, uh, pretty easy right now. Uh, so if you're looking at a, let's just call it 75, we'll split the difference here. Call it 75% of the after repaired value. So if I'm looking at a $300,000 property on the after repaired value, and I'm looking now at 75% of that, then I've got 22,5, I got $225,000. And that $225,000 I can look at and go, okay, now that may be enough to purchase and rehab the property completely. And so I need to know what they're basing their number on right off the bat. But anywhere from a low end of about 65, look, if they don't want to do more than 65, I would just, I'd say thank you, no thank you, and go on. There's too many prospective hard money lenders out there for you to deal with to get into a bad situation. Now, if they're not willing to go 70, I'm probably not even taking the time to, to fill the app out. Uh, and 75 and 80 is really not hard to find nowadays uh, as far as 
a percentage of what they're willing to do. Again, to me, the important question becomes, what are they doing that percentage of? Is it after repaired or is it contract? And so and that's keep a, in mind, a there's, there's, component. There's different times where a hard money lender can step in. So what Bill's talking about is when he's looking at a deal, he wants a hard money lender who's gonna step up and say, I'm gonna partner with you on this deal. The other way you can do this is you can take your 20% down, you can purchase that property and then find a hard money lender additionally. Mm -hmm. So if you have a property already and you have a hard money lender coming in, they're typically not gonna go 80 or 85% of, or 75% for that matter, of ARV because you've already got your 20% in. So what they'll do is look more like it's 60%, but in that situation, that's okay because you're talking about 80% already of your ARV with your 20% in there. So keep in mind that if you know you've got a good deal, you know, and you can go ahead and put the 20% down on it, jump on it, and then start working your hard money financing. Because one thing about hard money is, is it's not as quick as traditional financing. It will take you a little bit of extra time, usually, because they're going to send out another estimator out there. They're going to send out an additional appraiser. They're going to check county records. They're going to do a lot more things that, that aren't done on a traditional sale that take a little bit longer. And they don't have that same well-oiled machine as a large bank and a large escrow company. So if you see a great deal, jump on it, lock it up however you have to do it, and then find your hard money loans. Um, let's walk through the process. Once you have that hard money loan, let's walk through how you get the money, how you, you get your let's contract. Let's do that on the other side of the break. Okay. And are you dumb enough to be rich? Well, are you? Bill Barnett's critically acclaimed book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, is a personal account of Bill's own journey to becoming a real estate investor. In his book, Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich?, Bill shares his experiences, insight, and advice in a well-written, easy-to-follow account that gets investors thinking and acting. Find Are You Dumb Enough to Be Rich? on Amazon and other outlets or purchase your copy directly at www.investorguyspodcast.com. Are you ready for a new type of real estate club? A club for new and seasoned real estate investors as well as real estate professionals of all types? A real estate club that you can participate in virtually or in person. A real estate club that offers in-person and virtual presentations, workshops, events, networking, resources, and more. Though this may sound like the real estate club of the future, it is not science fiction, it is reality. Directed Real Estate Professionals, also known as DREP, was started in the late 1990s in Southern California and is growing into cities across America. Whether you live in one of these cities or not, you can participate and take advantage of all DREP has to offer. If you live in a city that already has a DREP meeting, join them in person or online the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you live in a city that doesn't have a DREP, consider hosting your local meeting. We'll show you how to set up your local club and walk you through getting started everything to get it rolling. You can also join any area meeting online from anywhere in the world. Getting started is easy. Just check us out online at www.drepclub.com. That's www.drepclub.com and we'll see you there. And we are back from our break and Bill is going to talk about how we're going to get the money. And that isn't just the check typically. Okay. 
there is a process that hard money has, especially when you first start out. And it is unique to hard money. It is not like your purchase price of, of a property. So let's go ahead and get into that. Okay. I have found that Smith & Wesson works very well to get the money. Get the money? Yep. Uh, so um, when you're dealing with a, some of you will get that uh, as you're driving later on today. Uh, as you're dealing with hard money lenders, they're going to set up basically a line of credit. They're not going to say, okay, we're going to loan you $150,000 and cut you a check for one fifty. Not going to happen. What they're going to do is if they say, we're going to loan you 150 on this deal, they will set it up on what's referred to as a drawdown basis. And so they have set aside $150,000 worth of their available credit for you to draw down on. And how you draw down on that is a very uh, traditional and, and uh, longstanding process in the uh, construction world. So they will want you to have, uh, typically they want about a third or a quarter of the work done before you do a draw, which means that you're either coming out of pocket and you're being reimbursed or you've talked to your contractors on the front end and you let the contractors know, hey, this is a commercial uh, construction drawdown loan. Are you okay with that? Yeah, and what that tells the contractor is I may do the work this week and I may turn in everything, all my hours and expenses to bill on Friday, but I'm not getting paid on Friday. It may be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the following week before I get paid. And that is if you're working with a good hard money lender that is quick to respond. So you're gonna get a certain percentage of the work done. You're gonna turn in a draw request, which, and they have a standardized form for that. And that draw request is gonna say, guy, here's what I did. I, you know, we, we put in all the new windows in the property, put the new roof and we had the foundation work done. We had it painted, whatever it happens to be, we had this work done. We had this amount of money allotted on our budget for that. And I'd like to draw down that. Now on the front end, before you ever start doing any of this work, they're going to ask you to submit a budget. The hard money lender is for your repairs. And it's going to be highly itemized. Um, mine's in crazy itemized. And, and I've seen them, especially some of the California lenders I deal with. Uh, it's itemized even more. And I'm like, my gosh, uh, how can you <laughs> come up with this many subcategories for painting? Uh, but they're going to have it itemized. And you want to make sure that you see their budget before you get into this process so that you can submit on the front end when you're submitting all the numbers, you can get it in the format they want it in. They're going to ask you to do that. And so you're going to submit it on their forms. This is my budget. And then when you do the draw request, it's going to be related back to the budget. So if I've got that I'm putting a new roof on, it's going to cost me $6,500 to do this roof. And they say, okay, fine. And that's, we, we agree on the budget for that. And it comes in and it costs me seven grand. Well, that extra 500 bucks is coming out of me somewhere. Now, sometimes they will let you uh, massage the budget a little bit. Uh, you'll have some contingency money in there as well. But by the same token, uh, I may end up being able to get it done for $6,000. And now I've got an extra $500 because they've agreed they're going to pay X for the roof to be done when I call and, and 
request payment for that and the roof is done, they're gonna send an inspector by. And different uh, hard money lenders do it differently, but they're all gonna send somebody by to verify that that's been done. I've got one that every time uh, we do a draw request, they go through the entire property. Now we may have only submitted three, four, five items specifically to be paid upon on that particular draw request, but they go through the entire budget every single time. It's like, well, we, we didn't do anything uh, on the swimming pool. Uh, yeah, well, I have to go and they take pictures and, and guys, so some of them are like that. Some of them say, okay, look, guy, you sent in a draw request. This draw request has five items on it. I wanna look at those five items. I wanna take pictures, boom. And they get it back to the lender. And what they're telling the lender is, yes, the work has been done and it's been done in a satisfactory manner or 80% um, of the work's been done. So we're okaying you to release 80% of the budget amount for this item. And that's how you get it. And normally it is sent to you by wire transfer in most cases, because uh, we are in real estate. Most everything is done by wire transfer. Uh, so they're going to send you the money. It's your responsibility to get your contractors paid. And, and remember, it, this breaks down to like what we've said over and over again, the numbers. The only way a hard money loan works is if at the end of the day, you've calculated your numbers and you're still going to get a profit. Now, Bill and I are to the point where we can look at a property, especially in an area that we're very familiar with. And off the top of our head, it's just telling us how much it's going to cost to, to get it fixed. And we would love to be able to just submit that number to hard money and, and know that we could probably get it done for that amount. That's not, unfortunately, the way they work. But that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Find a contractor that you can work with, okay? Have that contractor go over everything with you with a fine tooth comb. Oftentimes your contractor will do that itemization for you, okay? And I can tell you as, as someone who has a company, a building company, a contracting company, we have hardware and software that we can actually plug everything into and it literally gives us the price of the nuts and the bolts and the nails and the screws and everything else that it's going to require per square foot to do a particular job. So work with your contractor hand in hand and getting that itemized list together and then submit that to your hard money lender while keeping in mind that that is the number that your, your contractor is committing to as well because he put that together as part of his bid, his estimate for your project. Now, if something changes in the process and sometimes it does, oftentimes it does, then that, that's gonna change a little bit too. If they find mold that you weren't expecting to find, that's going to be an additional cost. If they find out that you've got, you know, something falling apart inside of your walls, your wiring, your plumbing, whatever yeah, else wasn't expected, um, that's going to change. But you've got some contingency money in that loan, as Bill mentioned, to cover those oops or those what ifs or those oh craps. Um, work closely with the person who's going to be doing the work on the project with you because they already have these abilities to get you this itemized list and you're going to feel better because you're going to say i think there's about twenty thousand dollars worth of work here the contractor comes back and he's saying yeah there's probably gonna be about twenty thousand dollars worth of work here and this is it line item by line item by line item by line item and you feel more confident making that that decision that you're going to make yep and uh so wow these shows just fly by Kevin. they do they, 
We are at the end of another one already. Oh my gosh. So uh, do not be afraid of hard money. That's what we want to tell you. Be prepared. Be familiar with your hard money lender. Talk to them on the front end. Ask them the process for them. Get a copy of the budget form that they use. Make sure you're submitting everything the way that they want it done. And remember, this is not an adversarial relationship. This is a, a partner relationship. They may not be partnering in your profit, but they are a partner in the deal and that they are providing the funding and they will keep you on track and they will keep you a layer of protection. Uh, sorry, Scabby mentioned a layer of protection because they won't let you get into a bad deal. They don't want to end up with the house back. They want to make this loan. You do a great job. They do a great job. And, and they want to make you more loans. loans. Yeah, they want to keep giving you the money. And yep. here's the most important thing to remember. All the things that we just mentioned about hard money, but the most important thing to remember is if you know what you're doing, if you know how to use hard money, money is not an issue that stops you. If you know how to use uh, partnerships for money, money is not an issue that stops you. Money should not be something that stops you. Education should not be something that stops you. If you need an education, you, there's plenty of places to get it. You can come to Bill and I. There should be no reasons stopping you from getting started investing in real estate other than potentially a spouse that's just like absolutely against it okay if you've got that situation then i don't have right now i don't I have no comments on that yeah i don't have i don't have a solution for you and i'm sorry um, all right hey thanks for joining us on the investor guys podcast be right back here every monday and wednesday for more episodes and hey we may be doing a, a live episode out here uh yeah let's get started on that live episode here in the next uh, week or so and we'll Excellent. do a live episode right. on we'll wednesday for that. all right brother it's a great show thank you so much for being here enjoy and, your uh, day enjoy your weather you too we look forward later. to the next one so yeah bye everybody